You think because there are no costumes on that day that it's, it's less evil? It makes it more evil because it's happening out blatantly in the open. And, <laughs> and you're being encouraged. You, you, you think we'd figure it out when social media encourages you. When the whole world encourages you. Huh? I'm just going to let it marinate there. You know, there's a reason why people come to church here because I tell them the truth. Amen. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Maybe we should open the Bible. <laughs> uh, say this with me. Say, I was created for miracles. So God created you for the miraculous. God created you for the miraculous. In fact, let's uh, look at a scripture in the book of Psalm. and uh, uh, I think it's in the book of Psalm. I reckon it is. Uh, hallelujah. Yeah, Psalm chapter 77. Psalm chapter 77. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So it says this. It says, and we can read it in the King James. It says, thou art the God that doest wonders. Glory to God. Psalm 77, verse 14. You are the God who doest wonders. You have declared your strength among the people. Amen. I like a... I like, the, uh, I like the English Standard Version. It says this, you're the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the people. Amen. Now, what, now what people you think this scripture is talking about that God has made known his might to? Amen. That's us. That's us. God is a God of wonders, and the way that he demonstrates the, 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 the wonders of his strength and his might and his power, the way he demonstrates the miraculous are through the people, the people who are recipients of the wonder-working, miracle-working power of God. Amen. Thank God. God, amen. God has created you to be a people of miracles. Turn to someone and say, God created you for miracles. Amen. Glory to God. God created you for miracles. And so I believe that we're living in a time when the miraculous is going to happen uh, on a greater, in a greater measure and on a greater level than ever before. But the only way for miracles to happen is through God's intervention, through God making himself known in uh, in his people. Amen. And so uh, the first way that that happens is in our salvation. Amen. The Bible tells us that uh, if any man be in Christ, in fact, tell me, uh, thank you, Marissa, for bringing that scripture up. If any man be in Christ. Amen. I'm going to let you, I'm going to put you to work today. So you'll have to, you'll have to be on your toes back there today, Marissa. Praise God. Marissa is a a person of miracles. She, she had a, a dog attack her the other day. She just looked at it and said, in the name of Jesus. And it only bit her on the elbow, so she's fine. Praise God. 
tried to tear her, uh, it was a pit bull, yeah, it was a pit bull. <laughs> We're not trying to give pit bulls a bad name. Ayla has a pit bull that, uh, boy, you, you'd look at him and you'd think, boy, he's a mean looking pit bull until he comes and licks you to death. All right, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, look what it says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Amen. Y'all see that? So uh, if anyone be in Christ, put up the King James Version that, will you? <clears throat> Therefore, if any man be in Christ, say, uh, be in Christ. So there's, there, there's a, uh, this scripture is a conditional scripture. This scripture is a conditional scripture. There are conditions that apply to seeing this scripture fulfilled, right? And the conditions are put right up front in the very first part of this verse of scripture. Therefore, amen. You know, back in the 80s, we, they used to say this. They said, if, if you look in any scripture and you look at that scripture and it starts with therefore, you ought to find out what is therefore. Amen. <laughs> and I think that's, I think that's wisdom. Therefore, so we're going to find out why this is here. What it means is that this is, this is conditional. If any man be in Christ. So what is, the, what is the conditional part of this? Well, for this to work for you, you have to be in Christ. Amen. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that we're surprised at the lack of the miraculous when we don't involve Christ, when we don't involve God? When we don't, uh, I'll give you a couple examples of this. When Sandy Hook happened and there was a shooting in Sandy Hook, people said, where was God? Well, where was he? Probably where you left him. I'll tell you where he wasn't. He wasn't on the walls of that school because he was taken off the walls. Every picture, every, you know, every, uh, uh, everything of the, you know, used to be you'd go to schools, there'd be the Ten Commandments on the wall, there'd be a picture of Jesus. Uh, there was a time of prayer. I can remember having a time of prayer uh, in kindergarten, uh, but you know, that went away with all of the, all of the wranglings of men and all of the religion uh, that, that's gone on amongst people, all, uh, all, all people's plugged upness. I made up that word several years ago. Uh, their plugged upness uh, took and tried to eliminate and eradicate God from the school system. Now, now here's the deal. Some people say, well, if you let Christians in, you got to let everybody else in. That's fine with me. Let them all in. There's only one God. Amen. There's only one God. You can let them all in and the one God will go. The one God has always proven himself throughout history. Why? Because he's a miracle working God. Amen. You know, our God's the only God that does miracles. Our God is the only God. You know what? You can't find anywhere in, in Buddhist writings that says, if any man be in Buddha, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away and everything becomes new. No. In Buddhism, you learn how to be a better version of yourself. But you don't become a new creature. You know, when you, when you go get amongst the Muslims and the Muslim religion, do you know there's no transformation in the Muslim, you do not undergo a miraculous transformation in the Muslim religion. Are y'all hearing me today? No. You know what you do as a Muslim? You work your hardest to become a better version of yourself. And sometimes that means destroying other people. <laughs> 
I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of nuts. Uh, you, you, there, there is no false religion. There is no, there's no religion, false religion. There's no other God that says, if you'll come and you'll get in me, I'll make you a new person. See, this is, this is what makes us people of miracles, is that when we came into this life, we came into this life having experienced uh, a, a supernatural, we, we had a supernatural encounter. We had a supernatural encounter. The encounter, the, now, now listen, some of, you, some of you listening to me, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's because you've never had the encounter. That's because this, is, this has never happened to you. And, and maybe that, that's why you're here today. Maybe this message is for you. Therefore, see, maybe you ought to figure out why, what you're here for. Yes. Maybe you're here for a therefore. Therefore, if any man, say if any man. Now, it qualifies. Say this, say, say, uh, how many of you are any man? Amen. Whoso, you, you could take and change that any man with this, whosoever. Whosoever, amen. Every one of you that are in here today are a whosoever. Listen, I'm trying to help you today, church. I, I know some of you like, this seems so uh, elementary. Amen, yeah. Th these, these, are the, these are the fundamentals. But see, some of us, we think miracles are far away because we've never seen a lame man walk or a blind man seer. We've never seen someone raised from the dead. We've never seen a Red Sea part. We've never, uh, we've never, uh, we've never woke up in the morning to uh, manna that came from heaven. We've never, we've never been led through the nighttime with a pillar of fire, and we've never been led through the daytime with a, with a cloud that was white. We've never heard the voice of God through a burning bush. We've never seen the finger of God right on are y'all hearing what I'm talking about? Some of us have never have never been in a storm and heard and heard Jesus say, "Peace be still," and all of a sudden the storm was still. We've never seen demons come out of a out of a person and into a herd of swine that cast themselves off of a hill. We've never walked on water. We've never turned water into wine, or we've never seen it happen. But those of you that are here that are born again, maybe you've never seen not one of those things happen, but every one of you have been in Christ. Amen. Glory to God. You are a whosoever. Therefore, if any man whosoever be in Christ. See, that's what happened to me. That's what happened to you. We were in Christ. What happened? Well, we became miracle people. Listen, we minister to lots of people in lots of different religions. And there's no other religion that makes supernatural provision for their, for the, for the, for their followers. There is no other God. Do you know why? Because there is no other God. There is only one God. Amen. There's only one God. There's only one real, true, living God. Amen. That would be Jehovah God. Amen. I never dreamed. I never dreamed in a million years, Don, that I would get up and preach a message about Jesus being the only way and there only being one true, living God and it ever be uncomfortable to preach it in this nation. Until now. You know, some places we go, and you can actually feel the atmosphere change when I start to talk like that. People are like, Ugh. 
you're kind of ex- you're kind of exclusive then. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. There is exclusively one way to heaven. There aren't many ways. There's one way. There aren't many truths. There's one truth. Amen. There's. Say this with me. Say there's one way. <clears throat> Why do we say there's one way? Because the word of God teaches us there's one way. Jesus came and he said it. He said there's one way. Why do we believe it? Because he's the only one. What did that, that book of Psalms say? What did that book of Psalms 77 chapter 14 say? What did it say? What, is, what did it say, Ted? Do you remember? Uh-huh. Short and sweet, the Ted version. <laughs> thou art God. Thou doest miracles. Amen. Amen. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's the reason why we believe what Jesus said. Because when we came to that place where we came in Christ, I don't, I don't know about anybody else here. I, I, well, I do know about most of you. But... I don't, I don't think that you all value your testimony as much as you should. I don't know that you all understand the power of the testimony that you have, of the experience that you've come through, of the things that you've endured. I know sometimes we look with shame at our past. We look at shame with shame at the experiences that we've had, the battles that we've gone through in life. And the reality is there shouldn't be any shame because it's nothing but a miracle that's brought us to the other side. I'm trying to get past this here, but it's not working too good. Am I helping anybody here? Thou art God, thou doest wonders. Amen. Thou Thou hast declared thy strength. Another version says his might. His might among the people. The might that he has demonstrated among his people, amongst us as his people, is that might, that strength, that same might that raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. I heard, I heard Miss Rhonda out here. Now, I wasn't out here for it, but I heard her, I heard her saying it. And um, every time I hear anyone talk about this, it really helps me out. But Miss Rhonda, uh, and I don't remember at what point in the service she said it, But she said this. She said, when he was raised, we were raised. Did y'all remember when she said that? She said something to that effect. When he was raised, we were raised. When he came out, we came out. Glory to God. In fact, you know what? I I know we've read it before, but let's, let's let's go to that book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. It really starts in chapter 1. Let, let's read chapter 1 first. Let's read from chapter 1. <clears throat> you say, Pastor, what's the title of your message? Well, I don't, I don't really have one, but if I had to title it, I reckon I would title it something along the lines of, of making a way. Now, listen, you're, you're, you're not going to force God into doing miracles. God... God I've I've already told you, miracles are an expression of God's love for mankind. That's why in these last days, we're going to see miracles abound. Because guess what? God still loves us. 
He still loves us. Bible says that there's nothing that can separate us from his love, as a matter of fact. So God loves us. If God loves us, the way that he expresses that love is through the miraculous. There's no other way that scripture provides. There's no way that scripture provides for man to believe God for miracles. There's no formula. There's no, when people received miracles, it was because God took a hankering to, to manifest his love toward those people, and he did it through giving them a miracle. And so we know that God is looking for an avenue through which he can move and work to uh, do miracles for mankind. So we're going to see an increase of the miraculous. It's an expression of God's love for us. So, but uh, I, th I think a lot of times what we don't, what we don't, uh, what we try to encourage people to do is we try to encourage people to exercise their faith for miracles. Listen, you need to exercise your faith in the Lord Jesus and what he's done for you. Listen, listen to what I'm telling you. You can't have faith for the miraculous that isn't provided for through Scripture. In other words, you know, you can, you can have faith for God to do this miracle. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. You can, you can, you, can, you know, that's, that's, that's something you receive by faith, but it's not something that you work up toward. It's something that happens in the moment, you know what I mean, in that moment that you get born again. It's, it's, it's divinely inspired by the Spirit to begin with, you didn't have any role in walking that, walking out that path to salvation. That was just something that he, he loves you. His spirit dealt with you. You were transformed. I hope I'm making sense here. But what some people want to do is like one time I was in a meeting and y'all have heard me tell about it before where the Lord told me to pray for people's teeth and God filled people's teeth with silver and gold supernaturally. God filled people's teeth. There was one service I was in where God was doing dental miracles, and there was a guy that had a tooth that was bad, and I thought God would fill his tooth or fix it somehow, supernaturally fix the tooth. And uh, when this guy uh, checked his mouth to see what had happened because his pain went away, the tooth was gone. The tooth was gone. I don't talk about this one much, but the this, this guy had been complaining the whole trip he traveled with me. He'd been complaining the whole truth of a trip of this tooth being bad. He would eat, he would then he'd just be he'd be bawling and crying and oh, you know, oh my jaw, you know, it just hurt. Well, what's wrong? I got this bad tooth, you know. I need to, I need to go and have the dentist look at it. And anyway, he's in service. We didn't even know that the Lord was going to miracles happen at the at the at the whim of God, not at the whim of man. We didn't exercise our faith for God to do those miracles in those meetings. I didn't, I didn't exercise my faith for God to fill people's teeth with silver and gold. I didn't work my faith toward that. I didn't hear about it and say, now nah, I'm going to work my faith to get that. Because you don't work your faith to get that stuff. God does that. God does that as, as an expression of his love for man. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm about to, I'm, I think I'm about to help you here. I think. So hang on, hang on here for a second. So... So this guy, he, he didn't even, he, 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 at the end of prayer, he didn't have any more pain. In other words, he received a miracle. He received a miracle. Now, how did that miracle manifest? Well, he, he put his tongue back there, and the tooth was gone. It was completely gone. In that meeting, that morning, there was a dental assistant in that meeting. She was there. She wasn't even born again, Don. She, wa she wasn't serving the Lord. She hadn't yet been in Christ and been transformed. She was away from God. Now she had, she'd been, she had been a church attender, but she'd never been born again. She'd never been in Christ. She had gone to church, and she had heard the Bible preached, and she had read the Bible, and she had prayed over her meals, but she had never been in Christ. Put the scripture up there, any man be in Christ. 
She had never been in Christ. Do you know, you know how I know she had never been in Christ? Number one, because she said it. She had heard of the stories of miracles. She had heard the testimonies of Jesus. She had heard the stories of Jesus. She had heard about the works of Jesus, but she had never become a new creature. In fact, I don't think that she knew that she could become a new creature. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. For old things to pass away and everything to become new, that's a miracle. To get a, to get a reset, to have a fresh start in life, to be born again without having to go into your mother and be birthed out again, but to be born of the Spirit, once, one, being born once of water and being born once of the... Are y'all hearing me today? That's a miracle. That's a miracle, a reset, a miracle that no other religion knows about. You talk to Muslims about... Listen, do you know Muslims don't believe in forgiveness? Muslims don't believe in forgiveness. Their God doesn't forgive them. They have to do a bunch of good work and hope that their good outweighs the bad. And when they get to the other side, it will, they, then God determines, Allah determines whether they did good enough to make it in to, to having a little something. That's how most religions are. But our listen, our God, is the only God that says, you're going to be born again. You're going to be made brand new. I'm going to put a new spirit in you. I'm going to put my spirit in you. Every sin that you ever committed is going to be thrown into the sea of my forgetfulness. It's not going to be covered by blood. It's going to be washed away by the blood that my son shed 2,000 Are y'all hearing me today? Now... Now let's go back to the miracle of the tooth. There's a dental technician there. She had never been born again. Someone had invited her to this service. Some of the people that she had worked on their teeth were in that meeting. When, 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 the, when miracles began to break out, people began to get miracles in their teeth, which I didn't expect. People say this, the atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground of miracles. Yeah, I think we need to be expectant. But I think what, I think what people have thought is that we need to expect, well, you know what? I'm going to expect for God to fill teeth today. You, you, you can't really put that fine of a point on it. Because God is going to express his love toward, amen. God is going to express his love toward us in the way that he desires. And believe me, when God expresses his love toward you in, in a miraculous way, you're going to be glad. It's not going to be like you're getting a fishing pole and a fishing reel from me. See, some of you worry, some of you worried about that if you give your heart to Jesus or if you live for God uh, in, a, in, a, in a manner that draws you away from the, the, the things that you enjoy doing in life, which you know good and well are not pleasing to God. You have this idea that if you do that, that somehow or another, you're going to get, you're going to get gypped. You're going to get the short end of the stick. That somehow or another, you're going to get... Listen, God knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly... Amen. Praise God. Amen. He knows you better than you know yourself. See, as an, as an unbeliever, that was my thinking. 
As an unbeliever, I thought, I'm going to give my heart to Christ. And when I do, he's going to put me in. He's going to. It's a setup for me to, to, you know, I mean, I might as well be wearing pilgrim shoes and, and stepped off the Mayflower. And when you're in the Mennonite church, people don't look too far from that. I looked around that old Mennonite church. I thought, my God, I'm going to have to wear pilgrim shoes and, and uh, <laughs> blue, blue, blue slacks and a white shirt or a light blue shirt. <laughs> Thank God that wasn't the case. Man, I was a, a metalhead, you know? My greatest fear was that he would, that God was a giant killjoy in the sky. But then I passed from death into life. Then I found out not only not only was he a God that did a miracle for me, but he was a God that would do miracles for others. I'm trying to get back on point here, but y'all are hearing this, right? This is, the only, this is the only place that you can, not this particular church or this space or this fellowship, or you, you, you understand, but in Christ is the only place that you can experience what I'm talking about. You're not going to experience it anywhere else. You might experience the supernatural. You might have an encounter. You, you, ever, you ever see, you know, some people announce or, or the way they promote their ministry or their churches is come to our 8 o'clock encounter. That's wonderful. The question is, what are we going to encounter? I went to a kids concert and had an encounter. Boy, it was a, it was a real encounter when we went and Motley Crue opened for them. You want to talk about an encounter? They came, they came out dressed like a bunch of druid priests, burning incense. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. There's like a pastor, you were there? Yes, praying in the spirit. <laughs> praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. Those guys were the most foul-mouthed, filthy guys. I had forgotten how foul-mouthed and filthy those guys were. But anyway. I know something like that sounds recent. It was when was it? you know six seven years ago or something. <laughs> Anyhow, you can have all kinds of encounters. Are you hearing me? Yes. Ted took something someone called a green dragon, and he had an encounter. <laughs> I think they gave him a birth control pill for myself. I think it was a placebo effect. I think he thought it was. <laughs> Anyway, uh, no, he, yeah, that's what you thought. Yeah, some, some guy was like, hey, take that one pill, that, those last pills out of your uh, green dragon. <laughs> uh, there are lots of encounters you can have. And some people, this woman, like this woman, she was an unbeliever, the dental assistant. She, 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 had, she, she wasn't in Christ. And in that, in that service, Brandon, she was having encounters. Because the first person I prayed for in that service, they had a, a, a cavity between the, the front two teeth. And I laid hands on that lady. 
I didn't know what was going to happen. I laid hands on her. When I went back to her and she smiled, the cavity was gone. She had perfect teeth. I looked at her and I said, you're better. She goes, I am. And she went to fidget and she said, huh? she said, I am. Well, that's when that dental technician stepped up. She said, uh, would it be okay? She, she told me, she said, I'm a dental technician. Would it be okay if I look, if I examine her teeth, if I look at her? I said, yeah, sure. I said, you got your little picks and stuff. She's like, no, no, I'm not going to stick no picks in nobody's mouth. But anyway, it's unsanitary. But she went, she looked, and this one, here's what I found out. That woman was one of the patients of the dentist that she worked for. She was aware of this woman's case. In fact, she knew that the reason why this woman's teeth hadn't yet been fixed was because she couldn't afford to fix them. And so I, I looked at this woman. I said, I said, so what did you find out? She said, first of all, she said, you know, to, so that you know everything, so you know the whole story. This woman is a patient at the, at, the, at the dental office that I work for. I work on this woman's teeth. I work for her dentist. I was aware of this case. And then she told that story. She said, and I will tell you this. She said, this woman received a miracle. I, now listen, I'm, I think she's a Christian. I have no idea. She's in a Sunday morning service. I had no idea that someone had invited her there in hopes that God would do something miraculous to break this woman free. This woman, <laughs> I've never told this part. This woman was there with her partner who was not a man. It was another woman. They were in this service and this was before there was a lot of advocating for homosexuality and so they weren't, they weren't out of the closet with their relationship. They were still in the closet with their relationship but this woman was a lesbian who was, who was living with this other woman and they came to church because someone had invited them in hopes that they would see and experience something that would help them to have an encounter with God. That they would get in Christ. Because it's only in Christ. Unfortunately, it's not in church. It's in Christ. Now, that's not to say we shouldn't be in church. Because you're more likely to get in Christ when you get in church. But the encounter happens in Christ. Not in the Bible. Some people are like, well, I read the Bible. That's wonderful. But it doesn't say in the Bible. It says in Christ. In Christ. I'm not going to keep you. I know some of you think I'm just getting revved up. You're right. I am just getting started, but I'm going to quit here in a second. <clears throat> so that woman, I looked at her and I said, uh, you know, I, I, I had prayed for several others. And, and I said, uh, will you look in this one's mouth? I, I still think she's a Christian. And they looked in someone else's mouth. Then they looked in this other woman's mouth and in another woman's mouth. And then this guy that was with me, he said, my tooth, it, it's gone. She looked in his mouth. Get this. She looked in his mouth, and when she examined him, she looked in, the, in where that tooth was, and she goes, she said, well, how long ago did you have your tooth pulled? He said, I didn't. She goes, well, this is a fresh extraction. She says, and it looks like you're already good. She said, you don't, I mean, typically the dentist will tell you don't suck on a straw, don't, you know, eat certain food because you could get a dry socket. She said, but yours is far enough along that you wouldn't have to worry about that. But this has had to have happened just in the past couple of weeks. And he was like, ma'am, I came in here with a tooth. And I told, I told her too. I said, I can testify. He's been pestering us about that tooth. Wasn't he, Ted? Oh, yeah. Ted was with me. Ted was in that meeting. That's 
He'll, he'll verify everything I'm saying is true. Oh, that guy had been pestering us all week about that tooth. We couldn't get him to shut up. I offered to extract it for him <laughs> just to get him to shut up. But he just belly ached and moaned and groaned about that tooth. And this woman said, it's a fresh extraction. When, when it was all said and done and it was over with, this woman stood there at the front of the church with me. And uh, I was like, well, praise the Lord. I said, I said, have you ever seen anything like this before? She said, no, I haven't. I said, it's a miracle, isn't it? She said, I've never seen a miracle ever before. I've heard, about, I've heard people tell that God does miracles. She says, but I've never seen a miracle before ever in my entire life. I said, how long have you been in church? She said, nearly all my life. Then she told me she was there with her partner. But then she said this. She said, you know, I don't, I don't believe I've ever given my heart to Jesus like you talked about. I said, have you ever been changed? She said, no, I've, I've never been changed. I said, have you ever passed from death unto life? I said, does that, make, does that statement make sense to you, that you were once dead and now you're alive? She said, I've always felt dead. I've never felt alive. I said, then you've never been in Christ. And I, I, I told her that scripture. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away and all things become. Turn to someone, tell them you were created for miracles. See, what we've got to do is we've got to get away from thinking that we have to exercise our faith to manipulate God into doing something miraculous. That's not how, that's not how you receive miracles. You know how you receive miracles? <laughs> you receive miracles by believing what his word said. Amen. By doing the things that his word said. By living the life. By living the life that he gave you in Christ. By being, it, by being an expression of that life, everywhere you, you know what? You shouldn't go around talking about the trouble that you're going through. You shouldn't give voice. Listen, church, don't, don't feel bad about this if you've done it. We've all done it. I've done it. Heck, Marissa, Marissa and I were at the, I've told you all this story. Marissa and I were at the airplane hangar. I was cleaning on a, part of the airplane. Uh, we, I was getting ready to go on a trip, and Marissa had come to help me, and, I'm, and I'd had tennis elbow real bad, and, and my, man, my arm was hurting. And I, I looked at Marissa, I said, man, my arm is killing me. She looked at me, she goes, well, Brother Copeland said, you have what you say. She said, pretty soon you're going to be dead because of your arm. <laughs> I said, listen, you know what? I'm a preacher. That didn't make me feel happy, happy, bubbly, bubbly, joy. I wasn't like, oh, you're so right, Marissa. Praise the Lord. Right? That's not how we respond when we've been in the flesh. That's not how we respond when we go to talking the way that we would normally talk. You know, here's, here's, what, I, here's what I did. I looked at her. 
Right, right. Marissa will never forget it because I just because there was a there was a long awkward pause and silence as I looked at her and she contemplated whether she should have said it or not. You understand? I mean, I could see it going through her mind. She's like, I probably shouldn't have said that. I probably should have kept my mouth shut. And, and she, you know, she her eyes are kind of darting, and I'm just like. I said, what else did Brother Copeland, are we, we going to hear what else Brother Copeland said, or are you just going to leave it at that, you know? But here's the deal. She was right. You know what? God, God, what? God, God wasn't looking, God wasn't looking for, God doesn't need for me to acknowledge what the devil's report is, what Satan has to say about me, what the enemy means. You know what? God, we don't need to commun- communicate the vision that the devil has for us. Listen to me. God hasn't given you a death sentence. Did you hear what I said? God hadn't condemned you to the poorhouse. God hadn't said, you're not going to make it. Amen. That's not God's word. God's glory to God. Amen. God's word says that if he's for you, can't nobody be against you. Amen. God's word says that you're more than a conqueror. Amen. That you're not a victim. You're a victor. Glory to God. That the victory belongs to you. The battle has already been won. I know you might be in a fight, but the, the, but the winner has already been determined. Amen. Glory to God. You know what? I'm going to stand with you in the fight. I'm going I'm to stand with you in the fight. We ought to stand with one another in the midst of the battle. We should encourage one another about the words that are coming out of our mouths. You know what? If you don't know what the Bible says, you ought to get around people that do know what the Bible says. That way, when you say something stupid, they can say, "Uh, don't say that, say that. Amen. See, some, some of you read books. It says, don't eat this, eat that. Don't eat this, eat that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Don't eat this, eat that. We go through life and some of us will base our diets on don't eat this, eat that. Some of you need to hang around people that know how to talk so they can say, listen, don't say this, say that. I won't won't let the damnable words, I can't afford it, come out of my mouth. Do you know why? Because it's a lie. What things soever I desire when I pray, if I believe that I receive them, I can have them. Glory to God. Amen. Are y'all hearing me today? Annie and I, we went and looked at a, a quarter of a million dollar house over, it used to be probably more than that now, but a quarter million dollar house over in uh, North May and uh, 122nd in that neighborhood back there. I can't remember the name of it now, but we toured a, we toured a house. We, we, you know, we, we had no business being there. Number one, we're Hispanic. There weren't any Hispanics in that neighborhood. Number two, we rolled up in a, in a rattle trap, beat up old Honda Civic. There were no beat up old Honda Civics in that neighborhood, just a bunch of Mercedes and Jaguars. And, and you know, it was, it was a nicer neighborhood. But we rolled in there and we went and we looked at a house. You know why we went and looked at that house? We needed a house. Some people would say this. They'd say, well, you don't need that kind of house. We knew we didn't need that kind of house, but there, there was something that needed to happen in our mindset and in our thinking. My mindset was already changing. Annie, when I rolled up to the house, I said, let's go in. She goes, why? 
I said, well, you know what? Uh, if we can't dream it, we can't have it. Did you hear what I just said? If you can't dream it, you can't have it. So that's where everything, everything you ever receive starts as a dream or a nightmare. Everything that you ever have either starts as a dream or as a nightmare. And see, you got to choose which one you're going to have. See, some of you picturing, some of you picturing yourself dying. Some of you picturing your kids dying. Some of you picturing yourself broke. Some of you dreaming things that you... I'm going to start dreaming skinny. That's what I'm going to start doing. <laughs> but it starts, in the, it starts as a dream. But I told Annie, I said, if you can't dream it, you can't have it. So we went in. We, they had a little paper in a little thing out in front. She, she yanked the paper out of there. She's, we got halfway to the house. And already, before we even walked through the door, she's like, it's, it's a quarter of a million dollars. I said, no, nah, 250000 Quarter of a million sounds way more than 250000 Because that 250000 is only 250 one-thousands. Come on now. That puts a little different spin on it, don't it? I mean, I know it's still the same amount, but it messes with your mind a little different. 251,000. Heck, you already got one. I mean, I already got one. Right here, my, you know, you, you, that's what you start thinking. Only 249 to go. See, the mind is a, like they used to say in the commercial, a terrible thing to waste. But anyway, we walked in. We walked into this house. The realtor, that realtor was, listen, she was dressed to the, I got to hurry up. She was dressed to the nines. I mean, she, she was all decked out. You could tell that she had just gotten her glamour shots, you know, done and whatnot. And so we roll in there, and she's telling us all about this house. And she's like, so are y'all looking? We're like, Annie's, Annie's like, mm. she got no, you know, right on her, right on her tongue. I said, yeah, we're looking. Because we were looking at duplexes. We weren't, you know, we were looking at duplex. We weren't looking at, but, but we went, we went there for a reason. To start to fight the devil. Are y'all hearing me today? Oh, listen, some of you need to put up a fight. We started walking through that place, and, and we went to, from one large room to the next large room. Then we went up to a bonus room and, and a theater room, and we were going through all kind of rooms. And all these rooms, we was looking, and, and I'm like, yeah, I would have to change this carpet color here. And that, and that lady's like, oh, yeah, you'd be easy to change. And Annie's looking like, Dude, we can't even change the oil in the car. And you talking about changing the color of a carpet in a house that we will, in her mind, that's what's, but you know what? 
Why in the world would you want to push play on the words that the devil is trying to persuade you of? Why would you press play on the vision and the dream that the enemy has for you instead of putting that on pause, in fact, recording over it? Glory to God. Glory to God. Boy, I feel faith rising up in here today. The damnable words, I can't afford it. I told you, they, I don't let them come. So, so we, walk, we, we were walking out, and she said, would you like to put in an offer? And Annie's real nervous. She's like, offer? <laughs> she said, she said I, I happen to know that if you put in a good enough offer, this is a very motivated seller. I think they might accept you know, a significant amount lower if you were to put in an offer. And I said, well, I said, you know, we, we'd like to put in an offer. And Annie, you know, I can tell, Annie is just next to me. And she is squirming and just, I said, we'd like to make an offer, you know. I said, but right now, I said, um, our money is tied up in other places. I said, but any day now, it ought to be coming through. I said, and as soon as it comes through, I said, if this house is still available, we may come back and make an offer. But until our money is turned loose of, uh, we're just going to have to wait. Amen. Don't say, I'm broke. No, nah, I'm broke. I couldn't afford. I mean, I can't even afford to pay attention. What do you think I am? Made of money? You can't get blood out of a turnip. Don't say that. Say this. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, we got people in this church that do that. We got people in this church that are that are they're 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 uh they're leaping, they're running through troops and leaping over walls. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I'll leave them I'll leave them to testify about it though. See the way that we uh, the way we receive miracles is not through trying to demand that God do them. But just by doing everything that we can do to facilitate his presence. In our lives. Because if we can get in Christ, we can become the miracle people that God intended for us to be. Not only the recipients of miracles, but the bearers of miracles. Bearers of the miraculous. You know what I want you to do this week? Put it on your phone as a reminder. Every morning this week when you wake up, I want you to make a declaration over yourself. Look yourself square in the eyes in the mirror and say, you are a bearer of the miraculous. You are a bearer of the miraculous. I, be, I believe God is, is, is transforming. Stand up all over the place. God is transforming some things in the minds and in the hearts of his people to help us to enter into this miracle season. You know that woman that I told you about, the dental technician, I prayed with her to receive Christ as her Savior. 
I led her in a sinner's prayer that morning. She gave her heart to Jesus. And that day, she did go home. And she did leave with that woman that she was with. But she did make it clear to that woman that things were different. Because she left there transformed. She had become a miracle person. Amen. Did you receive something here today? Did this help you today? <laughs> this is what I was going to talk about last week, but for some reason, I, the Lord led me. Well, I, I, maybe I know why, but the Lord led me the, the way that He did, and so that. But see, that's the, that's what that's what opens the door for the miraculous is that we live our lives according to Him and His Word and His will for our lives. Listen, there is nothing. There is nothing that you're doing that is so much fun that it that it causes what God has for you to pale in comparison. God's ways are always better. Even though you you may not understand it, you may look around this room and think, well, a bunch of fuddy-duddies around here. Well, if you only knew, if you only knew, I've done lots of stuff. But I'm going to tell you right now, there was nothing like seeing those people get fillings in their teeth. There's nothing that compares to it. Nothing. At, listen, there's nothing that compares to it. There's nothing that compared to me praying with that woman to receive Christ as her Savior that day. And watching her go from death unto life. Her becoming a new creature in Christ. I hope I didn't butcher this too bad, but praise God. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are a God of the miraculous. I thank you, Father. I thank you for the transformation that you made in my life. For the miracle that you did for me. Lord, I believe you have miracles for people in this place today. God, I believe you want to transform people's lives today. And so, Lord, we're going to give you an opportunity to do just that. You are a God of miracles. You are a God of wonders. And you work miracles and you work wonders among your people. You've done it in us. And because you've done it in us, Lord, we know that you'll do it for others. Your word promises it. If any man Whosoever, if any man, if any man be in Christ, the might and the strength of your might. I know I didn't read Ephesians, did I? But, oh, Jesus, the strength of your might will work in them. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Lord, I'll read Ephesians next time, I pray. <laughs> Glory to God. Listen, if you're here today and you need, oh, where's my beautiful son? No, he's not here. That's right. He's not. He's not going to be here. Praise God. Today, if you need prayer, Shri, I want you to come. You know, Shri, let me, let me tell you something about Shri. Shri is probably, and I, and I don't say this. I hope you all don't.